So Edmonton Youth for Climate, or EYFC, is a climate change initiative from right here in Edmonton. And today we have two guests here on The Lowdown, Emily and Annika. You guys can introduce yourself. It's so great to have you on our podcast today. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having us, Cheryl. Um, yes, my name is Emily. Um, my pronouns are she and her, and I am a grade 12 student. Um, I joined Edmonton Youth for Climate pretty recently this year um, in, yeah, in, about, in about March. So. Yeah. Yeah, and my name is Annika. I'm in grade 10 and my pronouns are also she, her. And I also joined Edmonton Youth for Climate in March of this year. So just to know like a little bit more about Edmonton Youth for Climate, if we have any listeners who maybe haven't heard of it, um, when was EYFC founded and kind of what was the purpose behind it? Yeah, so Edmonton Youth for Climate is uh, a youth-led organization in Edmonton with the goals of engaging, um, mobilizing, um, educating, and empowering Edmontonians. Um, it was founded in 2019, um, and from, from my understanding, uh, as soon as, like when the news of um, Greta coming to Edmonton in 2019, um, that kind of uh, sparked, you know, a lot of um, organizing around um uh, climate, so uh, like in the city, and so it was a fantastic turnout. Fifteen thousand people from Edmonton um, showed up to the legislature that day, and it was just yeah, really a really exciting event, um, from what I know. And you know, how would you kind of like jumping away from like how it was formed? Like, how would you encourage schools then to contribute in terms of combating the global climate crisis? Because you know, we're um, a school podcast, so I think it'd be nice to hear a bit about, you know, what the education system could do. I think it would be really cool if schools were able to invite speakers to talk on it, just to educate many populations, because a really important part about stopping climate change or decreasing it is educating people. Yeah, for sure. I would, I would totally agree with Annika on that. Um, I feel like any you know, any work, any organizing at any capacity is really, is really good for, you know, the movement. And, you know, we, it it's, does not ask for, you know, perfection, climate organizing, things like that does not ask for perfection, but just like showing up, you know, even if it's imperfectly is, is better than showing up at all. And I think that's what really, um, that's why, that's kind of um, where my, you know, why I am a part of Edmonton Youth for Climate. I, you know, in the last few years, I was always like, you know, I, I want to learn about environment stuff. I'm going to, you know, go to university to learn about the environment. You know, I'm not going to, not going to be in part. I, I thought that I couldn't really, you know, be a part of the movement or have, um, have a voice and kind of be a part of the conversation because I wasn't, you know, I didn't have all the knowledge, all the education, but you don't have to, you know, hold a degree in environmental science. You don't have to, you know, be a you know, super, super educated and have, you know, all this experience to have, you know, your voice be heard. And I think I I realized that, you know, pretty, pretty recently as well. So that's, um, yeah, that's why I'm so kind of, I'm really grateful to be a part of it. And yeah, that's why it's pretty special to me. And just um, kind of adding on to that, um, Annika, I know that like, youth, they're at the forefront of change and um, issues such as the climate are, a lot of youth that we know are very passionate about this. So I think this podcast would also be a good opportunity for um, youth to 
and anyone in general to know how to access EYFC and join it and be more involved in it. So do you want to like touch on how can people join uh, Edmonton Youth for Climate if there's anything required in particular? What do you look for? Yeah, so there's actually a Google form in our Instagram bio. So you could follow us on Instagram. And in the bio, you just say your name, your grade, and why you're interested in joining. And then there's a, a process to let people in. Me and Emily both went through it at the same time. It's just some form, uh, some Google slides explaining the policies, principles, demands, and everything like that. We got introduced to some members, and then we got right into helping in the action. So it's super easy to join, and anyone can if they're used. Thank you. Um, I think that's a really convenient way for people to easily join this organization. Um, so, uh, Emily, do you want to um, touch on, you know, it's important for us to build habits that, when built over time, can make a good impact on our world and our climate. And um, it, it is true that like individuals can make systemic change. So how would you kind of recommend um, the listeners of this podcast to be environmentally conscious in their day-to-day -day lives? Like what kind of habits can they adopt? Uh, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for the question. Um, I, yeah, I think honestly, education is probably, you know, the first step. There's so many fantastic resources out there, especially today, like as, you know, the years go on more, more like just the accessibility of, you know, education related to the climate crisis is just so, it's just so abundant. So I think, you know, documentaries, there's fantastic books out there from, from uh, so many diverse authors. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, being able to, to go out and, and learn about that, those kind of things, those topics that you feel um, interested in as well. Um, super important. I think um, personally for me um, in junior high, when I started um, my interest in environmental um, science and you know conservation, sustainability, all that kind of stemmed from learning about um, the environmental impacts of um, industrial animal agriculture and um, issues kind of surrounding that. And um, and I learned a lot um, back then. So, and I, I'm plant-based to this day. And I think that one of the best ways that we can, um, you know, reduce our impact is just, you know, incorporating a bit more plant-based meals into our day-to-day -day lives. That's a great one. Um, you know, I think consciousness just comes with, uh, you know, just having it kind of be, yeah, just have it kind of be a thought, you know, what actions, um, small actions, small actions you can do in, a, in your day-to-day -day life um, are fantastic. Um, but we know that, you know, systemic change, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, hard thing to, to tackle right now, especially, you know, in with, you know, youth and everything. And um, I think definitely organizing and, you know, joining organizations is a great way um, to allow your voice to be heard. And, you know, contacting your representatives in government is another great way. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think those are, are pretty solid ways. Yeah, I definitely agree with Emily. Spreading awareness and learning about the environment is super important, a really big step toward consciousness. And some really simple things to do just in your day-to-day -day life is just having a low-waste lifestyle. So don't leave your tap on or use reusable containers. Just really simple things can help the environment with like lower pollution and everything. 
Yeah, I totally agree with everything you guys are saying. And I think it's like really nice to hear what, you know, we can do about the environment just because I know like climate anxiety is like very real. Like when you hear that like um, climate change is going to be irreversible, like the world is, you know, um, not in a very great state environmentally. Um, and a lot of people like feel really overwhelmed with like having to make so many changes, but often, um, it's nice to hear how all these small things can really add up, um, and hopefully lead to like a more productive sort of more productive actions to combat climate change. Um, and you know, when we first talked, um, you guys were telling us a little bit about this organization and because we are here in like Canada we're on indigenous land what kind of influence does the practices of indigenous people have on your organization yeah so I yeah no absolutely I think um Climate change is, you know, climate justice, it's an intersectional issue. And so what that means is it's it's crucial that when, you know, we're talking about sustainability, we're talking about, you know, a just transition, we're having, we're allowing and we're encouraging um, all voices from from every background to, to be involved in that. It's, um, yeah, it's really important to also acknowledge how, you know, BIPOC are disproportionately affected by the climate crisis as well. Um, and also things that, you know, we would coin as sustainable or eco-friendly have been, you know, practices and, and ways of life that have been, you know, used and, and practiced by, um, Indigenous peoples, um, especially when we think about, you know, um, the Indigenous teaching of, uh, you know, relationship to land that, you know, Indigenous people from, you know, Canada Treaty 6 territory have with the land, just like traditionally, it's super, super important to, um, acknowledge that and, hold, you know, those teachings and like the importances and the values of those when we are doing discussions and we're just considering that. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I really like how you guys are really conscious of, you know, Indigenous practices and, um, and their ways of life um, and how they're impacted by um, the climate crisis. Annika, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, to add on to that, we are actually specifically reaching out to BIPOC groups and Indigenous groups and inviting them specifically to contribute or participate just to hear their side and their view of things, because we understand that it is really important. Yeah, 100%. I think that's like super important. And it's really nice to hear how, you know, this kind of youth organization is able to like, take a step in like this right direction. What I know, um, a lot of different groups or advocacy groups tend to leave Indigenous people out of the conversation, um, which is like a really big mistake because obviously they play a huge role. Um, just to kind of add on to that, I think that like it's very important and crucial as a matter of fact that we include Indigenous voices and it's great to see that EYFC is um, supporting and including Indigenous people also in your policy, I think. Um, sharing a policy with me, I, it was very nice to see that you had included a spot for Indigenous people. Um, and uh, just to touch on that, as an organization, what kind of major events are coming up? Like, is there anything that we should be on the lookout for? Um, anything that you're planning to do in the future of that sort? Um, Emily, do you want to answer this? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I think with, um, you know, being involved with our organization, of course, we 
we love, um, you know, bringing in um, new members. There's, there's totally, um, we, yeah, open arms. We love involvement and I encourage anyone listening to um, come and join if that is, you know, if that is something that you'd want to do in the future. Um, we'd love to have you. Um, but something else is um, we are currently organizing, I know we touched on it briefly, um, our um, art project right now. We are organizing an art exhibition um, in Edmonton, specifically on White Ave, on July 2nd. And um, basically, we are um, encouraging all youth or anyone in Edmonton to just share um, share art that has um, that kind of is related to, you know, any feelings um, towards climate that um, anyone has and to express those in in any sort of um, art form that kind of works best works best for you um so yeah we have um a video right now we have some songs that have been submitted um yeah any any sort of art we'd love to have um, submitted for exhibition it's going to be at the foundry on white ave on july 2nd um we are taking submissions until um june 18th and um, it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and yeah, I, so I'm just reading our little newsletter here. Um, art can be submitted digitally to our email, mtnyforclimate um, at gmail.com, or physical art um, products can be um, dropped off physically at Earth General Store on White App as well. Um, but yeah, if anyone, if any listeners have any questions um, or questions about that, you can contact us through our Instagram um, at Edmonton Youth for Climate. Great. Thanks for that. And, um, you know, it's really, I really hope like all of our listeners take the chance to go check it out because I'm sure it will be um, an amazing exhibition and definitely check out their Instagram for like any more information. And um, we'll have that in the description as well. Um, Annika, did you want to add on to that? Yeah, so the exhibition is definitely going to be a really enriching and exciting experience. Uh, I have actually reached out to all of the counselors in Edmonton and more than half have said they're going to come. So it'll be really exciting just to see counselors and everything about the environment and climate and how you see that and people across Edmonton. Yes, that is um, a really big achievement as well to get, you know, a lot of leaders here in Edmonton to attend. Um, and I'm sure it will be amazing as well. Um, along with that, um, we heard that you're also painting a mural on White Ave. So do you want to, you know, explain a little bit about this, um, the reason for it, anything like that? Yes, um, I am super, super excited about our mural. Um, it is essentially the, the mural that we're painting on White Ave. It's, it's pretty close to um, where the exhibition is on, um, on like near the foundry. It's kind of the next, um, the next building over. Um, but essentially what it is, is it, it's been done in a few other countries around the world, but it is, it has to be, I don't really know kind of how many feet that would be, but it's like, I think at least like seven or eight meters. I don't know. It's pretty, pretty long mural that we're, that we're painting, but essentially what it is, is it's a, um, kind of like a, a, a map or like a, not really a map. It's basically from one side of the mural will kind of represent 1900 and then the other side all the way to 2022 and basically we are um we've accumulated the global um average increase in in temperature from uh about yeah 1900 to 2021 and basically they're warming lines so um it'll it's kind of the representation will generally just look from look like um many like blue cooler colored lines on the left side of the mural and then as um you walk 
right down the mural, um, as you look right down the mural, um, it becomes more more red. So just kind of representing, um, you know, our climate change. Um, it's kind of a visual representation, and um, I really love it because it's on it's on a wall that's that is pretty visible to um, to a lot of people. And I think it'll just be a great opportunity for us to. Um, while we're painting to also do a little bit of outreach, chatting with um, people as they're kind of walking by on that day. We're really excited for it. Mm -hmm, for sure. Annika? Yeah, the warming stripes were first introduced by the artist Ed Hawkins. So we're taking inspiration from that for sure. And we're going to be painting it on June 12th. So that is coming up pretty soon. Yeah, it sounds like you definitely have like a lot of big plans in the future. And I'm totally excited to see that as well. And when I stop by White Ave after that is up, I'll definitely take a look and I'm sure it'll be great. And I really admire um, how much you guys are using art kind of to convey your message, just because I think, you know, um, it's something that everyone can kind of like understand to a certain level. It's uh, rather accessible and it's definitely very captivating. So I think that's definitely like a really great medium um, to convey your important message. Um, and, you know, through the past couple of years, um, a lot of things have changed, right, with the pandemic um, in terms of climate and also in terms of how organizations function. So how has Edmonton Youth for Climate stayed actively involved in communities through the past years, um, especially in regards to the changes with the pandemic. Yeah, so I think um, personally, I know that Anna could probably speak on this too. I did, I did join in March, so I unfortunately cannot really speak um, from my own personal experience from on the last couple of years. Um, but I know that COVID definitely did um, halt Edmonton Youth for Climate's momentum. Um, throughout the pandemic, just because, you know, strikes and, you know, organizing and, you know, mobilizing other people and, you know, getting everyone kind of having, having those, you know, those days where you can get together and like, you know, organize in person, that's um, kind of, it's not essential, but it definitely helps when, you know, the, it's, it just, yeah, definitely not essential, but I think it definitely, yeah, not being able to, to kind of get together and, you know, striking not, not was not necessarily the safest thing to do um regularly during the pandemic so um yeah that definitely definitely halted things um but i think yeah we're definitely picking up momentum i think um you know our um we've been active on social media um we yeah kind of we're we've been having meetings and everything and yeah definitely we have a lot of plans in the future um for with um collaborations with um other groups as well as, um, you know, potentially becoming like a registered organization, like in the eyes of, you know, uh, I guess the provincial government almost, but kind of like becoming a certified organization as well. So there's a lot of plans in the future that um, I know of right now, but um, yeah, I don't know if Annika has anything else to, to say about that. Yeah, actually during the pandemic, I know the Instagram account was still pretty active on Instagram and social media. That was still cool to see. And recently, I think in March, they organized a strike and they had like megaphone and everything at the legislature. And also pretty recently, I think in April around uh, when Earth Day was, we collaborated with another organization in Edmonton and had a little cleanup at the, in the River Valley. So that was cool. Yeah, definitely. It sounds, um, you know, really amazing. And um, just to see like how organizations are able to kind of stay involved throughout the pandemic is, is really great to see as well. Um, I'll quickly ask like on the topic of 
Edmonton Youth for Climate still. And you guys have told us a lot about your plans coming up. Do you have anything that you're most proud of so far um, throughout your work um, in the organization? Um, yeah, I think personally, I, you know what, I think our, like the, the our project the, um, exhibition is um, the first major project that um, I have, um, you know, contributed significantly to. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I think I am so grateful to be able to, you know, be a part of a group where, you know, we have like-minded people who, you know, it's, it's been so, you know, great to, to be a part of a, an organization that, um, you know, where we all just kind of understand each other. I know like climate anxiety, like you were saying is, is, you know, a major thing that especially um, youth I think are dealing with. And it's just been a nice way to connect with others about that. Um, but yeah, I think, Right now, just kind of starting off, I think, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to kind of, yeah, future plans and and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, me too. And I think one of the most notable things so far that I've seen is the fact that so many counselors are going to be attending our event because that just shows that so many people are willing to learn and experience about climate change and everything. So it's really cool to see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, like everything that you're talking about is a really big accomplishment. Um, and it's, yeah, definitely nice to see when you kind of get that recognition from, you know, um, municipal leaders and everything. And, you know, now that we've talked a little bit about where EYFC is right now, do you guys have any major goals for the future or any large movements that you're hoping to tackle or just any um, goals that you're trying to hit? Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think I'm, I really would love to see, um, you know, more policy change, you know, in, in, in government. I think I, yeah, that would be a fantastic thing to, you know, be involved with, like to be involved with Amity for Climate and have, you know, our actions like contribute to, to, you know, important policy changes that really need to happen quick. You know, I, um, I'd love to, to see that. That's definitely something that we want. We definitely want, we're definitely rooting for. And yeah, I just think also, you know, just to build, to get a little bit more momentum and also to, you know, have a little bit, um, any more, more, some more involvement. We love, you know, anyone, like we, we'd love to, to welcome, we welcome anyone, anyone from around Edmonton um, to join. And I think, yeah, we'd love to, yeah, to just get, you know, a little bit more momentum in Edmonton for climate. So, um, yeah, definitely that will be a goal as well. Yeah, and a way that we are talking about adding on to the momentum is starting the Fridays for the Future, where there's strikes every Friday, uh, which was founded by Greta Thunberg. So that's just like, we just want to have a consistent and strong presence at the legislature so that people don't forget about how important this issue is and just every week just consistently advocating for the climate. So we were talking about that and that would be really cool to see. Um, it's really nice that, you know, you your organization is so welcoming to um, newcomers and anyone interested. And also just from what I was hearing, it's really good to hear that, you know, during the pandemic, of course, like there's a lot of things that we wanted to do, but um, your organization abided by the restrictions and was just, Still taking the precautions to keep everyone safe. It's just something I like. Um, Emily, so uh, I know that um, 
I've seen on my own school's Instagram uh, that they're planning to plant a garden, which I thought was really cool. But I remember that uh, you did mention you were collaborating with our very own school. And I think this is really cool, not just a podcast, but we also are collaborating with you on a large scale project. project. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, I totally want to. Um, yeah, so my so I have a friend. Um, her name is Tracy Tracy Chi. I'm sorry, Tracy, if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, she's in grade 12 at Lillian Osborne, and we are um, a part of an organization in Edmonton um, called Wild Outside. Um, but basically, she has been taken on um, this huge, huge project of um, a community garden or a school garden, school community garden at, at Lillian Osborne. And um, our, organi- our our program has um, a small group of us have supported her in um, establishing this and, you know, planning um, how the garden is going to be built, how it's going to look, what we're planting, um, and kind of the logistics behind that. There's still um, some more planning that needs to be done around it, um, but we are the, the goal is to have um, the students from, from Lillian Osborne be involved in that um, and, you know, help planting, help plant, or just kind of come out um, to kind of see kind of what it's all about, um, learn, learn about planting, learn how to plant, and hopefully we can get the garden started on the day that we're planning to plant all of these plants. So <laughs> say plant so many times. Um, Yes, our tentative date for that, um, that we will be at Lillian Osborne um, after school hours, is either Thursday the 9th or Friday the 10th. I'm not too sure if Tracy has chosen a day, um, if that was advertised already um, with the school, Um, but either the Thursday, Friday of um, June 9th or 10th. Um, But I think it's going to be a fantastic opportunity to um, learn about gardening and, and, you know, start, um, have, you know, uh, opportunity to, yeah, to learn about gardening and, um, and kind of learn about what kind of goes into um, school gardening and just kind of, yeah, have that be not only a learning opportunity, but also, you know, to grow some some fruits and veggies. And we're also um, incorporating um, a pollinator garden as well into that. So um, our pollinator garden is a little bit separate from our, our food garden that we're establishing there. Um, it really just promotes um, pollination, which will, uh, like what we're hoping to, what we're hoping to have from that is to um, just have um, the other plants kind of benefit from that as well. Um, but yes, we are super, super excited. And yeah, Tracy has been fantastic with organizing that. She's done such a fantastic job. And um, yeah, it's going to be a pretty great event. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so excited. I just saw that on our school's Instagram as well. Um, And I think that's like such an amazing idea just because, you know, gardening is such a sustainable practice and it's such a great way to like build community as well. I'd love to see everyone just like in the garden. It'd be so cute. Um, I'm super excited um, to see that as well. Um, And I'm sure it'll just, you know, grow bigger. And I'm so excited to see how it flourishes. But I think this is like a good way to, you know, end off a podcast on like a really nice, good note um, of, you know, what's coming to our school in order to promote sustainability. Um, And I'm super excited and I hope everyone enjoys it. And I want to say thank you for your time on our podcast. I hope everyone enjoys this episode because I sure did. Um, And thank you for all the amazing ideas and insights that you offered. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay. And for any listeners um, currently, uh, there's 
as advertised, the gardening project is just said to be in early June. Um, but just remember to drop off some tools, gardening tools that you have, so our school can put them to good use. And that's all. Thank you.